Hi everyone, welcome back to a new OIC Sunday Reflection. My name is Michael Steuernagel, and today I get to kick off a brand new series of reflections here at Oslo International Church. When was the last time you wrote a letter? Not an email, not a long Facebook, Instagram, or WhatsApp message or whatever, a letter, a letter. The kind you address to someone and you have that someone in mind while you write it. Uh, the kind you use a considerable time to write, reflecting on the words and the content with extra care. The kind that you write with pen and paper so that not only the content but the flow of the lines on the paper itself have something of you in it. Some of you still remember the era when internet was not an easily accessible commodity like it is today. So writing a letter meant thinking carefully about what you wanted to put into it. It would be days or maybe weeks before the letter reached its recipient. So you couldn't just send stuff as you remember it, sort of, and keep on sending its and bits and pieces like we do nowadays. Writing a letter meant taking time. And writing a letter that way demands a different kind of reflection and consideration than what we are used to in our high-speed communication culture. It, it means thinking things through. Today we start a new series, and we called it Letters from Lockdown. Letters from Lockdown. Lockdown. I, aren't we all a bit sick of that word? Not to speak of the thing in itself. Every day I open the news, and I hope that there will be talk of opening up. Of opening up. Uh, but there's only talk of extensions and locking down more things and locking down more possibilities. We have definitely been talking about and hearing about lockdown a lot. It's inevitable. Just last week, we talked about it. It was Easter Sunday and the second Easter Sunday under lockdown because of the pandemic, which means that this thing has been going on for over a year. So yeah, we've been talking about it. But what does it mean to write a letter from lockdown? Not an internet, internet post, not a news article, not a meme, a letter. A letter is personal. A letter considers the reality of the writer and the reality of the reader and balances on the lines that connect them. It requires a certain depth and it requires a certain vulnerability. Have I ever written a letter from lockdown? I'm not sure. I definitely thought a lot about lockdown. I have reflected about it in connection to many of these Sunday reflections that we have published every week. Uh, if you haven't seen them, you can still find them on our YouTube channel and our Instagram feed and hopefully very soon in our podcast version. And you'll hear me talking about the pandemic and lockdown in several of those reflections. 
But I guess there's a difference between thinking about the impact of the lockdown in our community of faith, in our society at large, in our world, and actually, there's a difference between that and actually doing a deep personal reflection. And if I'm being honest, perhaps I've been avoiding it. As I stop to consider why I might have been avoiding it, I can think of a number of simple reasons. And some of them, I'm sure some of you might share. One reason is that, as I've said, we're just fed up with the subject. We're just tired of it. It seems like every piece of news and every conversation and every email mentions the pandemic and somehow touches on the reality of lockdown. It's always there, either explicitly, that's what we're talking about, or implicitly in the fact that we are, for example, meeting people virtually whom we would rather be meeting face to face. No cameras and screens involved. So when I have some time to myself, I just want to think about anything else, anything else that is not pandemic and lockdown. So that's one reason. Another reason is inertia. Inertia, because we weren't given a timetable for this whole pandemic thing. So it's, it's kind of hard to set, up, set ourselves up for the long run. So we're always sort of waiting for the next week's news conference to announce a change, for the next month to be better, for the vaccine to do its thing, for the, vaccine, for the numbers to drop. There's a certain expectation for relief around the corner. And that makes it easier to just sort of go with the wave rather than stop for a deep dive. And we just go with it. We just take a quick, quick breath and we keep swimming. We do the practical adjustments necessary to our routines. We carry on with practical life as best we can. And we turn on Netflix whenever possible so that we can take a break from it all. For me, there's also one more reason. And that is that I actually consider myself privileged. I, I still have a job. Schools and kindergartens have been mostly open despite restrictions here in Norway, for at least for the younger kids, for the kids of my, my kids' age. I'm not afraid of not having access to healthcare if I need it. I can test as many times as necessary and for free. I'm annoyed with how slow the vaccination process feels, but I'm not really afraid of not having access to the vaccine and much sooner than a lot of people in the world. I read the news from my home country, Brazil. I, I see the terrible prognosis for vaccinations in many other countries of the global south because the whole system is skewered towards those who can pay most. I hear the sorrow of those who have lost their livelihoods and their dear ones. And I feel like I shouldn't complain. Like I shouldn't dwell in my own situation because I'm okay. And I, know it, I don't know, maybe it sounds noble and there's some merit to that notion, but it, there's also a risk in that. And the risk is detachment. Detachment. The risk is always speaking about, but never 
from. The risk is always, always speaking, always writing, or always speaking about, but never to. Of writing commentaries and impressions, but never letters. Never letters. Perhaps it's time to write a letter from lockdown. I'll, I need some help along the way, though. And that help will come from an ancient letter from lockdown. Paul's letter, the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians, to the believers in the city of Philippi, is a letter from lockdown. And it is with this letter that we want to spend time in this new series. Our current lockdown, after all, is not the first one in history, nor is it the only kind of lockdown. There are many situations that restrict our freedom, that limit our possibilities and close borders to our crossing. There are many experiences of not being able to, of not being allowed, or of having to choose to hold back. Some of these situations are self-imposed. Some are enforced. Some are conscious efforts for good. Others are consequences and expressions of evil. Common to all of them is that people are experiencing limitations. Paul's lockdown when he wrote the letter to the Philippians was an actual prison. And this is how he starts it. And I read from Philippians chapter 1, the very beginning. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is how Paul starts his letter to the Philippians. And as we start looking at this letter, a few things become apparent right away, already in this introduction, and, and they will carry on throughout the letter. 
The first thing is that this is personal. This letter is personal. And it's personal in a double sense. Not only Paul is transparent about his situation and he shares some of his reflections in that regard, but also he is sensitive to and concerned with the reality of the followers of Christ in Philippi to whom he is writing. This is a letter from someone to someone, from Paul to the Philippians, and they have a story together. The community of believers in Philippi had in fact sprouted from one of Paul's journeys, and he had spent some time with them before. He had in fact experienced firsthand in Philippi the hostility of that city towards the faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So Paul knew that the believers in that city were experiencing their own kind of lockdown. They were being persecuted for their faith. Some of them were being put in prison. Others were losing their properties, their freedom of expression, religion, and even their freedom of movement to some extent was being restricted because of their faith. And Paul knew of their situation, and they knew also of his situation. They knew that Paul was imprisoned, and most textual evidence points to this being Paul's imprisonment in the city of Rome. So this is a letter from lockdown to lockdown. It's from two different realities, two different situations, but still from lockdown to lockdown. And that makes the second thing about this letter all the more remarkable. And that is that it is not only personal, it is also a letter filled with words of encouragement and even joy. It's important, however, that we realize that this is a letter between people who knew about each other's realities and knew that those were realities of lockdown, realities of limitation, realities of suffering. And this is important because Paul's words of encouragement and joy, they are not naive. They aren't dismissive of the hardships of his reality, nor of the hardships of the realities of the, the reality of the Philippians to whom he is writing. It is in fact a letter that recognizes the different realities and finds a common hope and a common strength. A hope and strength that are shared but are not indifferent to the specificity of the realities. There are expressions of a spirituality that is profoundly engaged with the reality of the world and its lockdowns. But that is not limited by them. More than that, a spirituality that can't even be relevant precisely within these realities. Already in these greeting words of Paul, the, the substance of this hope and strength is expressed and it is expressed in three key ideas, three statements of faith, we could call them. The first is that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Their life stories had a common central person, Jesus of Nazareth. 
they had come to believe that he was indeed the son of God whose incarnation, death, and resurrection spelled life even in the face of death. Incarnation is salvation becoming personal, more personal than letters and visitations because it knows in itself the very realities within which it speaks redemption. Paul knew that Christ was deeply familiar with the shapes that death took in the reality of the Philippians. And he trusted Christ to hold their lives through it and to breathe into it his own life of resurrection. Paul knew also that by being brought into this life of Christ, they were also brought into each other's lives. So that whatever the situation that he found himself in or they found themselves in, they all shared God's grace together. Which is the expression that Paul uses. And this is the second expression of faith. Knowing that their lives were deeply connected through the dynamics of God's grace. Paul might be encouraging them from a geographical and contextual distance even, but still they were all seated at the table of God's grace. Finally, Paul believed that these realities of the faithfulness of Christ and of their sharing in God's grace, that these realities could bear into the reality of their lives through the possibility of love with insight bearing fruit of righteousness. And he says, I pray that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Christ is present in the lockdowns and will stay throughout. Christ sets the table of grace for us within that very reality. And the grace that Christ serves us, that Christ offers us, enables us to love with insight and even to bear fruit, fruit of righteousness in that very reality. It is because of this deep faith that Paul can write words of encouragement in a reality of limitations, in a reality of loss, in a reality of pain, of suffering, and even sorrow. 
It is because of this deep faith that he can write a letter from lockdown that dares engage with his own situation and that of those he is writing to in a deeply personal, yet generous, sensitive, and encouraged way. And we will continue to explore Paul's letter, this letter from lockdown. But perhaps, perhaps it's time that we also start writing our own letters. Perhaps it's time that we start engaging more deeply with what we are going through. But to do that anchored in this hope of faith. Not being overly concerned with my own situation can can be a good thing sometimes. It might help me not be selfish and not be self-centered. But it might also be an escape from actively engaging with the world and with my own reality and of taking incarnation seriously. If Christ is present and ready to see us through, and if Christ is setting his table of grace, shrouded in mystery, though it sometimes may be, if Christ is setting the table of grace in the very intersections of time and space and eternity where we find ourselves, then perhaps I can tell my story and engage with your story. And perhaps we can learn together to love with deep insight, deep sensitivity to the reality where we are and learn to bear fruits of righteousness, fruits of justice, fruits of compassion, fruits of empathy and embracing fruits of freedom. Can we write each other letters of, from lockdown? Can we explore this letter from Paul and find that because Christ is with us, we are sitting together at the table of grace and being served what we can also serve in fruits of righteousness, of empathy, of justice, of freedom. And so it is with this declaration of presence and faith that we pray that the Lord may bless you and keep you. That the Lord may make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. That the Lord may turn his face towards you and may he give you peace. Go in peace and serve the Lord joyfully.